0: Welcome to Conceptions and Misconceptions in the Gospels with Dr. Dan Gertner. Today, we're looking at Luke 5, uh, the healing of the paralytic. It's a pretty famous story. I feel like I actually, this may be one of my oldest Bible memories from, from Sunday school. I think I've heard this one so many times, and I, I, I'm so familiar with it from uh, when I was a young man. Uh, Dr. Gertner, could you tell us a little bit about it? Maybe give us some context for this uh, narrative?
1: Sure. Yeah, I'm more familiar with the context in Mark's account, but we're in Luke now, and hmm. uh, you'll notice Luke's account has has it in chapter five. In Mark, it's much earlier. It's, yeah. It puts it in Mark has it in in chapter two, but the story is essentially the same, and uh, there we can talk about a couple similarities and differences. But yeah. we notice in uh in Luke's account there's a there's a string of um miracles Jesus in chapter 4 Jesus heals many he casts out demons he heals many people he preaches in synagogues he calls his first disciples in chapter 5 he cleanses a leper and then and then we get to this healing of the paralytic and in um Luke's account he doesn't it doesn't really tell us where Jesus is. And uh, he's he's in, we know from the other accounts that he's in Capernaum. Yeah, And actually, if we backtrack into earlier on in Luke chapter 4, we see in Luke 4, 31, that he, he's in Capernaum. And all this is is taking place in Capernaum. So Capernaum, we're, we're on the northwest shore of the Sea of Galilee. It's kind of Jesus Jesus' home base. So Jesus has just come from, let's look at the previous context. In chapter yeah. 5, verse 12, he was in one of the cities. There's a man full of leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell on his face. He begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And, and so this is this is an expression of faith. It's, it's not, if you can... It's, if you're willing, it's not a question of ability, Hmm. it's a question of desire. And so Jesus says, I will and be clean. And then uh, the man's clean and the word spreads about him. So then Jesus withdraws to a desolate place to pray. Uh, And then Luke doesn't really tell us, he doesn't tell us whether this is the next day or he's in the same place. He just puts this scene right next to each other. And of course, we know from looking at Luke 1, 1 through 4, that Luke tells us, he tells Theophilus that this is an orderly account. So for some rhyme or reason, he's putting this story right next to each other. So it was one of those days he's teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every uh, village of Galilee And Judea and from Jerusalem. So there's quite a following who's coming to hear something. Presumably they're coming there for Jesus. Right. And Luke loves to tell, say things, and he leads off by telling us something about how this is going to end by the end of verse 17. Yeah. And the power of the Lord. Was with him to heal.
0: Yeah, that's a very interesting detail to give us at the top. I think.
1: Yeah, and he says the same kind of thing that at the at the beginning of the temptation narrative, like Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led into the wilderness. Mm. So it, it gives us an indication that Jesus isn't going it alone. That Jesus is going to be successful. I mean, we already readers already know that. Yeah, but there's this. Indication that he's leaning into this, empowered for for whatever lies ahead. And we get to the familiar scene, uh, verse 18 some men bring on a, a bed a man who's paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles in the midst before jesus so this is in uh mark's account it says uh there was no more room not even at the door so in mark i'm Mm -hmm. comparing mark 2 1 through 12 and jesus was preaching the word to them and they bring the paralytic carried by four men they couldn't even get near jesus so what, what Luke tells us about all these crowds, these um, these Pharisees and teachers of the law that were sitting there coming from every village of Galilee and G- Judea and from Jerusalem, Mark explains more in terms of the crowds. Hmm. Um, yeah, Luke just the sheer size. Us, yeah. Luke tells us more about who these people are. Right. So they let him down. And when he sees... He, when he saw their faith he said man your sins are forgiven you and so what do you notice here in verse 20
0: there's a couple interesting things here yeah so one he says their faith which i think is a a fascinating that's a fascinating setup to the 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 next verse that is to one person to the paralyzed man the other interesting thing i guess really it's the second part of this verse too is that the setup here, because we have that that verse, uh, what is it? Verse 17, the power of the Lord is with him to heal. And here are men bringing a paralyzed man to be in front of Jesus. I and, and, and the, the, the uh, verses before this passage are about Jesus healing a leper. I think the expectation is Jesus is going to answer by saying, you're healed. But that's not what he says. So I think there's two interesting things in there. The their faith is an interesting point, and then there's a bit of a maybe not a twist, but it's not what I ex- what I would expect Jesus to say right here.
1: Sure. Yeah. You you'd expect it to just go right to the healing. Yeah. And and it said and he says your sins are forgiven rather than just I am willing be clean right or be healed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Then the, the scribes and the Pharisees bring out the question about what lies behind this, uh, not just the healing,
2: mm.
1: but what lies behind this whole thing. Yeah. And so it, I think this is what sort of gets to the heart of your important observation, because... We expect, A, Jesus does B, and then he shows them A anyhow. Mm. Meaning, they say, who can forgive sins but God alone? And what's important there is that Luke is is underscoring this coming right from the words of the scribes and the Pharisees. Right. And he's affirming them. They are completely 100% right. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's true. That this that the scribes and the Pharisees are right to say only God can forgive sins. Yeah. They're right. When Jesus perceives their thoughts, so this is weird. Yeah. Jesus knows what they're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says to them, and you kind of wonder what the what's going through their heads now. Right. Whenever Jesus is reading their thoughts, yeah. Why do you question in your hearts, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or rise and walk? Well, obviously, it's easier. So he's telling them that it, it's easy. Which is easier for them to say,
0: right? Uh, of course, it would be easier to say your sins are forgiven because there right. may not be any physical proof or visible. There's proof no physical
1: that. proof. So, th- but, but he's saying, then he says in verse 24, but I'm going to show you the proof that I can do both. In right. other words, I'm going to show you that you might know that the son of man, that is Jesus, has not just ability to heal which is the part that you expect, but the authority to forgive sins. Right. Because you said who can forgive sins but God alone, meaning who has the authority that Jesus has this authority on earth to forgive sins. I want you to know that I have that authority so that you might know this. I want to show you something. Hmm. And so this is what he said, then he says to the man, pick up your bed and go home. Right. And so there is the physical display of the spiritual reality of what he just did. Yeah. And then verse 25, the man gets up, uh, immediately rose up before them all, picked up what he had been lying on, and went up, went home glorifying God. And then verse 26, amazement sees them all and they glorify God and were filled with awe saying, we have seen extraordinary things today.
0: Now, that's interesting verse two, I think. In, in in verse 26, it's a little more explicit in the Matthew's account, but uh, I, I guess we can assume whenever it says it sees them all, that would be probably the whole crowd, Right. We have a couple of groups of people we've been introduced to in this passage because we have the, the friends who bring the paralyzed man, uh, the, the scribes and the Pharisees. And then like, we know that there's this whole group of people and in Luke's account, we're from Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. So is that all, do you think that's referring to the whole, everyone who was there kind of witnessed it?
1: I, my guess is he, he, that, that everybody who witnessed this responded in the same way. Hmm. Because initially, you get a distinct response to Jesus' words. Like when Jesus Hmm. says, your sins are forgiven you, there you see the scribes and the Pharisees are distinguished by their response. Because they say something. But whenever the man actually physically gets up, all of a sudden, everybody is sort of thrown into the same boat in the way luke narrates it it seems yeah. like all the distinction between these different groups is sort of leveled and everybody's mm. having the same response
2: yeah yeah
1: but in, even looking at to your point looking at the responses in matthew mark and luke in, in luke it says and amazement sees them all and they glorified god and were filled with awe saying we have seen extraordinary things today In Mark, it says uh, they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: In Matthew, the crowds saw it and they, that is the crowds, were afraid Hmm. and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. So Matthew gets a little more specific.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's kind of two interesting details in there. Really, it's that they were also af- afraid. I, I, that that maybe I, I, you may be able to say, if someone's filled with awe, there could be, I guess, a fear element to that. But it is interesting that Matthew says they're afraid, and then and then the that last little bit that, you know, uh, they glorified God who had given such authority to men. I think that's an interesting little line there that we don't necessarily get. In Mark and Luke.
1: Right. Yeah. It's the authority the the authority that's referred to goes back to Matthew nine, six, mm. that the son of man has authority yeah. on earth to forgive sins. And this is an important point for Matthew who's emphasizing for his readers that Jesus as the son of man has the authority to forgive sins. Right.
0: right. No, can we get, can we jump back up? I don't think we totally talked about this yet in uh Luke 5:20 when he saw their faith what's going on there because that's a that's another interesting detail that I I that's a little different from the previous narrative with the the leper you know it's just one man and Jesus and the leper uh you know like you said earlier he he kind of demonstrates that he he knows Jesus has the ability but it's a question of of will yeah we don't exactly know i think it's implied what these men are bringing their paralyzed friend to Jesus for, but we don't have them saying anything actually. And then Jesus sees their, their faith. So what's, what, what is that there? Does that include the paralyzed man? Is it just the friends?
1: Yeah. it. it and that's the interesting thing. It doesn't really say, and how could he say, how, how could Mat- Matthew, Mark and Luke all agree? It all says their faith.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Presumably, it, it, most natural reading is it is the people carrying mm. him. Uh, Matthew, it says he saw some people brought to him a paralytic. And when he saw their faith, most naturally the they refers to the people yeah. carrying him. Mm. I mean, it doesn't necessarily exclude the man who's being carried. Yeah, But but certainly, Jesus is recognizing that these these guys are making an effort to bring their friend before jesus and that when the 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 means that they initially desire to get him, get him there are not available to him they don't give up and turn away hmm. they 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 resort to extreme measures hmm. they ascend the roof yeah which couldn't have been an easy task Oh sure, They yeah. disassemble the roof, which also couldn't necessarily have been an easy task, and they lower him through the roof, which, which, there, it, it, it reminds me of the parable of the persistent widow, and mm. just being persistent, persistent in prayer. Yeah, of Jesus is, is re, is acknowledging and rewarding the persistence. Of somebody going that extra mile to really come before him, to really express faith, to to really say, I know you're capable of doing this. And I I so believe that you're capable of doing this, that that I am going to that my friends and I are going to scale this this building, um, disassemble portion of the roof And lower our friend down in front of the crowds, because remember, this is not just a, uh, this is a place that's so crowded that they can't get to Jesus. Mm. So it's not like there's nobody there to witness this. Yeah. Uh, So they're doing this in front of a big crowd of people, and they're making a scene to do this right in front of Jesus. So they're going to extremes, and Jesus is acknowledging that. Yeah. So I, I, it's a display of faith.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In in a way, it probably is similar to the previous narrative in that by going through all those steps, that probably demonstrates that they do believe uh, he has the ability to do this. Sure. That would be a really big bet if you, you weren't sure Jesus could actually accomplish what you're going to, you know, take all these steps to try to do.
1: Sure, and I think also in terms of just thinking about application. I mean, we don't need to physically bring somebody to Jesus hmm. for healing. Hmm. We can pray for somebody who's on the other side of the planet and pray for them now. But they're they but they're not deterred by obstacles,
2: hmm.
1: whatever kind of obstacles those might be, whether it's time, hmm. uh, that the 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 healing that or or the the need is not addressed when we want it to be or the extremity of the need that it seems like, gee, that that's something that can't, that God can't do just because I've never seen it before they they don't find these obstacles to be, uh, to be daunting. Hmm. I I don't know that I would have the creative forethought or, or the creative thinking to walk into a situation like that and, and come up with a, uh, uh, with a problem solving solution to how I would get my friend to 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 Jesus to get to this kind of need,
0: yeah, sure. yeah. now, that's it's interesting. you're kind of talking about application. And this is probably related to that, I think. Um, one of the things I'm reminded by in this uh, this passage is uh, an earlier passage we talked about when Jesus calms the storm. Because everyone responds basically similarly, right? Like, there's kind of this amazement and shock. Like, who is this man that, like, uh, uh, even the uh, wind and the water obeys him? And there's this this amazement, and that that's how that's how this ends in Luke. You know, there's this amazement, and what we kind of landed on in in that passage was uh, not only that. Jesus, uh, calming the storm, but, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the gospels of Matthew, Mark and Luke and John are about saying who Jesus is. And, wow. and that seems very much a theme in this. So maybe it's less of an application, but more of a, of a theme. Would you, would you agree with that?
1: I, I would very much agree with that. It is a theme, but it also, if you notice in this one, what, what comes after this hmm. is the calling of Levi. Oh, sure. So we see, you know, Jesus, if we follow sort of the logic here, Jesus is willing, he's both able and willing to heal the leper. Hmm. He honors people who go to extremes, to take extreme measures, to display faith, to, to achieve the healing of a friend. And then... When Jesus, when this same Jesus, and it, that tells us what kind of God Jesus is. Mm. He's compassionate, yeah, uh, and he's rewarding of those who display faith, and, and that Levi responds, and we as readers are are to see what kind of man this is, and respond in like manner right. to 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 Levi, yeah, yeah, or to to Jesus the way Levi, yeah, does. the
0: same in the same way that Levi does, right, right. Yeah, I've always found that to be a pretty moving passage. It's usually I think it's fairly short, isn't it? Um with Levi. I guess in Luke it's a little bit a little bit longer, but I I I, I that's always such a uh I, I guess whenever I first um was kind of picking up on that, it it struck me almost as like a little interesting little side narrative. But the more I I thought about it, it it's very moving how quickly Levi just follows gives everything up and he follows well, in, you know
1: yeah in luke's account and this is different from the others because luke tells us that after this so in luke 527 so we get the impression that you know after the this whole scene of the healing of the paralytic Jesus went out saw the tax collector named Levi and 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 then Sitting at the tax collector's booth, and he said to him, "Follow me," and leaving everything, he rose and followed him. So it is—it is just as short. Mm-hmm. But in I think Matthew's account and Mark's, we're not really sure whether it's sequential or not.
2: It's—it's
1: mm. it's kind of vague. Yeah, but here we get the impression in Luke that you know the. the the guy's just, maybe the guy just got off the mat and he's, he's dancing down the street carrying his mat and Levi's sitting there at his tax collector's booth all wide eyed saying, yeah. isn't isn't that the guy who is just being carried by his right down the street on this mat? We, yeah. we have no idea. Yeah. But we, but, but for our purposes as readers, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We've been, we've been seeing what kind of Jesus this is so that whenever Jesus says this to Levi, uh, it is a no brainer yeah. this is the kind of jesus that luke is calling us to follow
0: yeah 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 it's it's similar uh to the um to some of the the parables we get of like a uh you know a lost coin or treasure in a field it's like you know oh well like of course yeah sell everything you you have and buy this field cuz there's something more valuable in it like the, sure. the math is kind of obvious you know when you see exactly.
1: it exactly and and if you if you really recognize the value of what is there mm. it, it's an easy decision yeah 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 good point
0: well uh, you know i said earlier this is this is one of the oldest stories i know i'm trying to think where i even know it so well from i kind of want to say it was veggie tales or something like that but there's something about <laughs> this uh this story that's just really emblazoned in my in my brain, but uh, I, I'm glad we got to, to talk through it because there are some complicated pieces in here. Um, and, and I think if you take your time with this passage, it is, there's just like we've been seeing in, in a lot of other passages, there's uh, Jesus is surprising. There's a lot of things he does that you don't expect necessarily.
1: Yeah. Jesus is surprising, but at the same time, as we've seen in many other passages, everything that we need to know is right here. Yeah, meaning you know we we expect the scribes and the Pharisees to be the bad guys which yeah they are because they accuse Jesus of blasphemy mm. but at the same time and, and Luke records them them thinking the right answer yeah. that only god can forgive sins mm-hmm. so in a sense they're right of course they're right yeah. so they're right but what's so what's wrong with them right they don't recognize Jesus as god
0: yeah yeah they they have a, a, most of the pieces are there but they can't connect to see the truth in a way right
1: but but Luke under the inspiration of the holy spirit has given us everything we need to know right here yeah yeah and that, that's the beauty of studying scripture
0: yeah and i think that's what's encouraging about it is is it's it's all here you don't have to you don't have to have a giant library or like the latest book or the oldest book—you don't have to have all that. Those right. things are very helpful, um, and uh, there's a lot of good in them. But uh, you, you can you can study the Bible, just the Bible, and and really get the truth out of it.
1: Right. In fact, one of the things that I first teach to my my students at Gateway Seminary is the skill of observation, mm. and and that is to just just notice what's there. Oftentimes when, when, uh, my wife and I have a, have a misunderstanding between us almost all the time, it is because I know her so well that I think I know what she's going to say. Right. And I tune her out and, uh, because I, I think that I know she's going to say, so I just don't listen anymore. Mm -hmm. And I find out that's not what she said at all. And we do the same thing with scripture. We think we know we think we know it and we think we know what it's gonna say. And so we kind of tune it out sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so there's merit in just slowing down and seeing what's there and uh find out that there's all kinds of things that even if we've grown up reading the Bible, uh slowing down and just seeing what's there will find all kinds of beauty that we've never really noticed were right in front of our face all along.
0: Yeah, it's worth it's worth tuning in too. And putting the time and focus into it. Absolutely. Well, I think this is about time to wrap up. This has been a great, uh, again, a great talk. Um, I uh, yeah, I want to say thank you for your your time and your insight into this. And I'm uh, looking forward to talk about the next passage.
1: My pleasure.